So last week we started a topic. Who can remind me? Yeah, genuine encounter with Christ. And we said that encounter is what, what, and what. Who can describe an encounter for us? What makes an experience an encounter? I'm listening. Were we not here last week? Was there anyone that was upset? Genuine encounter with Christ. An encounter is what? Meeting God. Okay. Someone else? You have something to say in addition? Meeting God unexpectedly. Very good. Miss Ore, do you have something to say? Alright, so meeting God unexpectedly, meeting God in a supernatural way, manifestation of the presence of God in a supernatural way, you know, and we we establish the fact that every great story is traceable to divine encounter. That divine encounter is paramount for you to discover your purpose and fulfill destiny. Hallelujah. So, before we continue for today, let us pray. Precious Father in heaven, we thank you. We bless your name, Jesus, for today. Father, we say that may your name be glorified in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we ask that you come and take your place in our midst, O Lord, that everything we are going to do today, Lord Jesus, may it glorify your name. Father, O Lord, we ask that you rise in us and that we decrease, O Lord. Father, O Lord, speak through your Son, O Lord. Let your children that have gathered, O Lord, to hear your word. Father, may they be enriched, O Lord. Father, at the end of this meeting, O Lord, none of us shall be going back the same way we came in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Today I'll be continuing from where I stopped. Our topic is still a genuine encounter with Christ. I don't know, this topic is so, so, so relevant in this time, this season. I think just don't why, maybe because of the season that we are. We are in a season that is very, very perilous. We are in a season that is very, very harsh. So many unpleasant things are happening. And the only safety, the only guarantee, the only protection that we have is what? Jesus. So if you are not yet come to that point of, you know, meeting him face to face, there are chances that you might not have the resources or capacity to what actually overcome. So maybe that is why. Because indeed, this is indeed the message for this season. Encounter, 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 encounter. The camouflage, the dimension, the, the style might be different. But if you listen to most of most men of God that are actually in the spirit, you will see that everything they are saying is all boiled down to what? Having that encounter with God. As I said earlier, last week we did a lot. We established the fact, most importantly, is that what? Destiny is revealed in the place of encounter because the topic before this topic was actually what um, the um, purpose, calling, and assignment. So, purpose, calling, and assignment, they are all divisions of destiny. So, destiny, all the purpose, talking about why you are born, um, your calling, your abilities, the giftings, what God has equipped you with in order for you to fulfill that purpose, and an assignment, specific tasks that God gives you in every season that builds you towards that purpose. So, purpose, calling, and assignment are all what you call branches of what destiny. So, we establish the fact that what 
destiny can only be revealed in a place of water encounter men can prophesy to you you know you can look within yourself because at a point we're going we will be looking at self-discovery you can look within yourself and say i am good at this i'm good at that i was asking you guys what are your talents what are those things you can do without getting tired what are those things you can do better than an average person these are questions when you answer it gives you a clue gives you a what a clue to your purpose in life gives you a clue to the direction that god has what planted you on earth for do you understand but for you to have that vivid vision of where you should be and where you should finish at the end of your journey on earth you need to have an encounter with god it's god it is god that knows you i don't know you i can only look out at you then judge you based on my human experience and abilities i am not the one that created you so it is god that made you that has the blueprints of your life he's the one that has the script remember i told us that life is just like a movie and in movies we have scripts and each cast has their role so your role on earth the person that has the script is god himself so it takes encounter for you to actually what come into that level of knowing your purpose and i also made us understand that encounter is not something that is left for ministers or one spiritual giant even as you are you are not too small to have an encounter with god Samuel was still a child when he began to hear from god do you understand joseph was still a child when the vision of his um of his life was given to him do you understand David and many other people, they had encounter with even Paul the Apostle. They had encounter with God when they were young adults. So it is never too early for you to have an encounter. Turn to your neighbor. Tell him or her, it is never too early. It is never too early for you to have an encounter. And it's also never too late for you to have an encounter with God. So your life, as I said, is in the hands of God. And... He can choose to manifest himself to you at any point in time. But one important thing that you need to know as a child of God is that you should, you should what? You should hunger, you should desire to have an encounter with Christ. What this teaching is actually building or what is the aim of this discussion is to build that interest in us, to build that desire in us, that desire to hunger and thirst for divine encounter is not actually everyone that is desirous of having an encounter with god but as many of us that are under this teaching my prayer is for us that at the end of this class the desire that hunger to meet god will what will rise in us in the mighty name of jesus okay now biblically speaking encounter is a divine appointment with god it is a specific time in your life when God shows up. When God does what? Shows up on your behalf. God will just, just, he's not just showing you up for showing you, he shows up in your behalf. And it is marked by his presence and power. Remember, I told us something last week that God channels his power where his will is. Where God, when the will of God is, that is where his power is being channeled. God will not channel his power into something that is not his will. He gives his resources, his um, time, everything of his, his presence, his glory towards his will. God has a will. He has an appointment. He has a purpose for everything he does. So he releases his power onto that purpose. So where there is a purpose, where there is a vision, where there is a leading of God, that is where his power manifests. 
That is where his presence manifests. I told us something last week that God is everywhere. It's not true. God is everywhere. But does he manifest himself everywhere? No. He is everywhere. But to manifest means to show that I am here. I could be in this building and maybe locked up in one of in one room, one of the rooms. You just come, do everything you want to do. Ah, Bostimus is not here. You go. You don't even know I was around. When next you see me, I, I was here. I didn't see you. Seriously, I was around. But I didn't show myself. Do you understand? It's very possible I could have passed you and kept to myself, not say anything. That is how God opened. God is everywhere. Do you understand? He is the word, the omnipresent, meaning he is everywhere at the same time. What did I say? Everywhere at the same time. Even in that shrine, that, 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 that shrine, that, um, that, um, those trains, even those beer palos, all those places that you think that they are unholy, God is there. That is why whatever you are doing, you should be careful because you can never run away from God. You cannot hide anything from him. But God will not manifest himself in certain kind of places. So you don't expect someone to go to that kind of place. Do you understand? Where you know that immorality is all out of the day. I expect God to, be, to show himself. God only showed himself where he is what, where he is welcomed. Do you understand? And for you to, you know, to have that testimony of him manifesting his presence to you, you must create that environment. And as we continue in this discussion, we get to know how we can actually create that environment for God to, you know, manifest, for you to have an encounter with him. An encounter with God gives us the boldness, gives us the words, gives us the words. Remember last week I was telling us that the clear was saying in Acts of the Apostle 1 verse 8 that you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you to what? To, um, to preach the gospel. Samaria, Judea, uttermost part of the earth. That is boldness. And I told you about Peter. Peter at the time of crucifixion of Jesus was denying Jesus Christ. But after the Holy Ghost had come upon him, he received boldness. He was he preached. And after his preaching, you know, about 3,000 souls, I think, we are added to the church. That is how powerful the boldness of the Holy Spirit can be. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you become bold. Some of us cannot do certain things that I said to us because the Holy Ghost has not come upon us. If I ask you to do this, you'll be shy. Why? The Holy Ghost is not there. When the Holy Spirit is in you, there are certain things you will not be afraid of. He said, I am not giving you a spirit of what? Fear. But spirit of what? Boldness. Of sound mind. Do you understand? The spirit of love. So when you have the Holy Ghost in you, you will be bold. You will be confident. Do you understand? The Holy Ghost will not make you proud. You will not be proud. But you will be self-aware. When they say proud, pride is that I am elevating myself. I see myself higher than every other person. Do you understand? And I and I and I go about doing it in such a way to bring people down. I come to you. you when you talk to me, simple thing I should just answer you. Because when the midst on the public, are you okay? Do you know who I am? How dare you talk to me like that? Now, as I'm doing that, I am actually making you look small. When you try to make other people look small in the eyes of some other person, if I try to make you look small in the eyes of someone else, that is pride. But when I am when I am confident of myself, I'm actually speaking high of myself. That's high surface, and that is not pride. So if I am blowing my trumpet that they will say, but I am not blowing down your own, that is what that's self-awareness. That is what confidence. That's what the Holy Spirit does to you. The Holy Spirit will make you know what you are carrying, that you are not empty. 
that you are the image of God, that you there's a dimension of God in you. So when you move around, you know that what anyone that sees you must see the glory of God, must see the presence of God. So God is not small. Because when you limit yourself, everybody say that ye are what God. When you limit yourself, you're actually limiting the one you're representing, which is what God the Almighty. So a child of God that has a genuine encounter with God is not timid. He's not what? Timid. He's not shy. He's not easily withdrawn to his or her shell. He's what? Bold. He's confident. He's extroverted. But he's not proud. He's not what? Please, thou shalt not misplace um, low self-esteem for humility. I don't know why I'm going this way. It's actually not part of what I plan to do. Don't miss, don't, don't, don't confuse the two. When you see someone that has low self-esteem, you know that the person is humble, is a lie. There's what they call humility, there's what they call low self-esteem. They are two different things. When you are humble, do you understand? You don't you esteem yourself, you, you, you don't you esteem um others more than yourself. Do you understand? But that doesn't mean you have to bring yourself low. But when you are you have low self-esteem, things you should do ordinarily, you shy away from it because you are not confident, you look down on yourself. Do you understand? When you begin to look down on yourself, you have low self-esteem. But when you look at yourself, you feel proud that you, are, you feel comfortable in your own skin. That is high self-esteem. Do you understand? But you should not in carrying yourself, never you carry yourself in such a way that you now try to bring other people low. This is what I have wrong with people. You can actually be whatever you have to be, but you must not bring other people down for you to climb. So you can actually be at the top. You can actually be flying if you want to fly. But please, never you in your life try to think that by bringing someone else down, your own rising will start. If someone has to go down for you, let it be God that brings them down. What did I say? Let it be God. Don't be. Don't use your own hand to bring anybody down. You want to say something? Okay. 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 What if you are trying to say that you are being full of yourself? Okay. You are doing this and passing knowledge. Like you only say it every time, like, you know, for me. So, what's the difference between that and you being, like you said, that you shouldn't compare low self esteem and humility together? Okay. So, what's the difference between that and pride? Okay. Pride is, see, get, get it right. Anything you do, anything you do that to bring others down is pride. Once you see yourself, what happened to um, Lucifer? Lucifer came to a point that he began to see himself, that even he began to see himself higher than God. That is pride. Do you understand? And he tried to bring God down. Do you understand? He, he was he instigated, instigating other angels against God because he was trying to occupy the portion of God. And he told him the only way to do that is to bring God down. So anything you do, anyhow, I don't know how to put it best, but anything you do that with the intention of bringing someone down so that you yourself, you will want to look bigger, is pride. I want to land. But you... Jonas, I'm looking at yourself. I can look at myself and I feel I'm not, it's not about being full of yourself. Bible says you should not be puffed up. It's not about being puffed up. When you are when you are puffed up, that is the world, the foundation for pride. When you begin to see that ah, this thing I'm doing, nobody can do it like me, or that is what that is being puffed up. It as actually what a, a, a the, the seed that what germinates to become pride. Do you understand? But when where I'm going is that when you are confident of who you are, do you understand? They ask you to do something 
you understand? And you go about, you know that this thing, I can do it. I have the capacity. I am confident in myself, not because of who I am, but because of what? The Spirit of God in me. Do you understand? I am not asking you to want to look at yourself and feel like you're better than everybody. No. You are looking at yourself and you are confident because of what is inside of you. The Holy Spirit. So when you have the Holy Spirit and you are aware, you are aware that the Holy Ghost is in you, there are certain things you will not take. Because of what? It is no longer about you. It is about the Spirit of God in you. Because if you tolerate certain things, it will bring mockery to the world, to the glory of God. See, there are things, there are things that will come to challenge you, not because of who you are, but because of the content you are carrying. There are certain kind of um, challenges that I was not experiencing when I was not born again. Do you understand? There were certain kind of challenges, certain kind of opposition that came my way. But when I gave my life to Christ and I began to grow in the things of God, certain things are coming up. Those things are coming up not because they were not after me because of me. They were after me because of my people, because of what is the Holy Ghost. So if you you are a vessel, do you understand? It's like a car. You have to yield. If you are not, if the Spirit of God is moving you towards something and you yourself, because of a lack of confidence in yourself you are withdrawing you are actually limiting god so what i'm saying is that you should never ever allow anything limit the what the god in you i don't know if you understand let me make let me bring it to our level you are the choir mistress do you understand as a choir mistress now there's that if you um ordinarily you know the normal thing that should be god this there's a spirit that is leading you in this journey for every office you are occupying there's a spirit do you understand moving with you now if you are not conf- if you if you're not confident of yourself do you understand anybody can come anywhere are you listening anybody can come anywhere and tell you sister let me do. this is how this will be done yes sir another person will come again this is how this will be done yes ma another person will come before you know you are confused that inner voice that small still voice inside of you that should be directing you you will lose you will lose it you know you know you will not be what what we still was saying, what we this one say, what we that one say, do you understand? You will not take time to sit and be like, what is God going to say? Do you understand? But when you have that confidence in yourself, do you understand that what I have within me is more than gold? Somebody sang it as a song, something more than gold. So when you have that confidence, that assurance within you, except if you don't have it and you're trying to fake it, but if you have it genuinely, what we say is what genuine encounter. Not any there's so many kind of encounter. People have have, have had encounter and they encounter demons and they are going about. Saying that they have encountered God, but it was a demon. But when you have a genuine encounter and you know that this is genuine, you will not allow anybody to give you idiots. So for me personally, I am very confident of who I am. I know what I'm carrying. So there are certain things I will not allow to come into my spaces and you know encroach itself. Because if I do that, I will be giving room for the devil to mock the spirit of God in me. I don't know if you understand. Maybe I'm going too far. I don't know if you understand it. I'm talking about boldness 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 as an evidence of having an encounter with god boldness if you are not bold if you are not bold no matter how you see it you have not yet what grown you should be bold bold to do what to do the work of god not bold to come outside and be, to come out naked 
Some people that are very bold to stand in front of millions of people dancing naked, only with their panties and their bra. That's not the kind of boldness I'm talking about. Talk about boldness to stand and witness for Christ. Do you understand? Boldness to stand before thrones and powers and proclaim the gospel. Some of us, we might, I might be very comfortable to stand here and talk. Maybe because of all of you, I'm younger than all of you. When you now put me in front of people that are older than I begin to shake, that there's a problem. You should be bold. Although, although in when we're talking about calling, we said something that God um, equipped you for certain kind of people that you're not called for everyone. You know, we said it. And even ask you that who are the three kind of people that you know you are called for. So it can be very possible that I am called to minister to certain kind of age. So I'm comfortable around them. But that does not mean that when I'm when I stand, you know, with others that are older, I should not be confident enough to express myself. So confidence, boldness is actually an evidence of the Holy Spirit. And if you look at all the ministers of God, from Peter to Paul, they were all bold. They were all bold. Even in the Old Testament, the, the Hebrew boys. In the midst, in, before fire was there, they, they saw fire. They saw a king, the most powerful man in the world. They did not challenge, challenge. They even called him by his name. They called him, oh, Nebuchadnezzar. They did not say, king, you. Who born you? Who be king? When I have God in heaven, the supreme king of kings, why should I fear you? Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. That is not pride. There. That is confidence. They are, we are confident in what they were carrying, the Holy Ghost inside of them. See, I'm not saying you should be, you, because of your, your gifted, or you are, where you are well positioned, you should now begin to exalt yourself above everybody. No. I am saying that when you have the Holy Ghost inside of you, you should be confident. You should not limit the Holy Ghost. Some of us, we have problems. Do you understand? Which we can just sit down on our own and pray. But because of, we don't have confidence in what we are carrying, we are looking for one person to come and pray and lay hands on. No, that's what I'm talking about. Do you understand? Some of us, we have the capacity, do you understand, to sit down on our own, take the Bible, read, understand, get revelation, and even teach other people. But because we're not confident in ourselves, we are looking for one person who will come and teach us. Do you understand? That is what I'm talking about. So things, there are certain things you can do on your own. But because of what there is, there is no a recognition of what you are carrying or there is no encounter at all, you will be timid. I don't know if you are clear on what I'm saying. Miss Ore, are you, uh, Miss Alamide, are you cleared? So please, oh, don't look at me that I'm proud. I am not proud. Yes.
because of what is actually what you are actually what not respecting him and if you don't respect him as a human being do you understand as though you don't respect him as a father you should respect the anointing upon his life so that's where i'm coming from so if something should happen you look at me and you feel like maybe because of uh, you feel i'm young or something you can treat me anyhow and i'm like even if you don't have regard for me as a person respect the spirit of god in me do you understand it is not pride at all it is not pride pride is when you are intentionally doing something because you want in fact someone that has something to offer is not can never be proud you are actually proud when you have nothing to offer and you are trying to elevate yourself beyond your capacity devil was trying to put himself where he does not belong that was where he was was seen to be proud do you understand where you where you don't belong the class you don't belong and you are trying to make yourself seem to be that that is pride but when you have something do you understand something and perhaps you are not being recognized as you should and you are trying to be like please don't look down on me i am not that is not proud that's that's not, that not pride you are actually being confident of yourself because if okay now you are the, you are the choir mistress you are the choir mistress if i if if you are not being recognized some level of authority has come with that office if you are not being recognized as a choir mistress you understand maybe um there's some certain privilege that should come to you there's some kind of thing you know that and the thing is not coming how will you function effectively in that office? Do you know that if you're a leader, you need some level of respect for your subordinates to, to listen to what they're saying? So if you're in an environment where someone somewhere is trying to bring you down, do you understand? Now, you are, you are not you are being a victim of pride because the person that is trying to bring you down is the person that is proud. So you are trying to put that person where he belongs. You are not proud. When you are proud is when this place now is not for you. This is not, this is not your space. You are trying to be made to be seen in that capacity. I don't know if you understand it. So please, I'm trying, I want to break it down. Never you for any reason confuse, confuse humility with low self-esteem. If you see people that have low self-esteem, it's a mental disorder. You treat it. Don't, don't hide under the fact that you are being humble. You now begin to take every nonsense. People that maybe they're not supposed to talk to you. Of course, as a leader, you will always have, you should always be calm to, but there are some things that when you, when you, when you, when you have to know when it's getting out of hand, when you see that well, the spirit of God in you is being more, don't allow anything. People can mock you, they can insult, you can send it, but when it comes to the fact of what bringing reproach to God, your life should bring what to God? Who can tell me? Your life as a believer should bring what to God? Eh? She bring glory. She bring worked. Yes. So you should look at me and thank God. You should look at me and praise God. You should look at me and feel like, wow, God is wonderful. You should look at me and love God. But when you look at me and you begin to feel like, uh-uh, what is this? This and that, that is a problem. The problem could be coming from me or it could be coming from you. So it depends on me to first of all identify where the problem is coming from. If the problem is from you because you cannot deal with me being in my position, please, I hold you no apologies. I will stand up to tell you to keep in your place. That is not pride. So please, I want us to have that. When you have confidence, there are certain things you cannot tolerate. Even the devil will fear you. Do you understand? And you know that devil can enter human beings and use them as instruments. That is why sometimes, look as if you are having confrontation with people. But ordinarily, your enemy, your act nemesis as a child of God is the world, the devil, who does not want you to enter into your promised land, into your own paradise. So please, 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 and please, do not for any reason allow 
yourself to be confused with what? With humility. Because of you want to be humble, you now begin to tolerate things that God himself will not tolerate. God has principle. God has standard, though. If you want, it's from the open scriptures for you, okay? But you do that. Mm-hmm. No, okay. Yeah, like if you are trying to die, die down, boy, yeah. people will people will like do what mm. they like. I don't know how that works. They, 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 they take advantage of it. Uh-huh. Like, okay, I don't want to for example, now let me use myself as an example. There are certain I, I, I work with children. I work with teenagers. Where I work, it's just like secondary, primary school. So I I work with people like you. Now I've noticed that some children that don't have home training. They don't have home training. If you give them room, for that some children will come to school. Oh, Mr. Kadike, how about you hug you? And they will still respect when you tell them when they do something about you. They will still listen to you. But there are some that if you give them that opportunity, they they, you have brought yourself down. If they do something bad and you correct them, you see, they look at you like, because of what they think that you are now made, because you are, what, you are giving them attention. So for me, I watch people. There are people that you can be friendly with, you can be down with, you, but they will still respect, they will still give you your honor. But there are other people that when you bring yourself down, one bit, opportunity to trample on your head. So it is left for you to be discerning enough to know the kind of people you are dealing with. So if you are dealing with people who perhaps are a leader and you feel like these people don't have this kind of knowledge, you train them, you teach them. That is why we have platforms like this. Let them know. When someone knows what is good and now chooses to, that's what another person is now. So even God, when God wants to judge you, he judge you based on what you know. What you don't know cannot be used against you. So if you know that, if some people don't know that they should, that leaders, they don't should be respected, that it is God that puts them there. Some people don't know that. They will look at you that who are you? How dare you? And I'm here. You are you are you are the lead. I'm too I'm too big to answer to you. Some people feel that's that way because they have not come to that understanding that it is God. That even some people that's why last week you are having a section. People are like Barry Barry I said it is wrong. It is God that put him there. Like it or not, it is God. If God anything that God does not approve does not stand though. Yes, even the devil, he's an instrument in the hand of God. When the devil came to, to God, before the devil could do anything to Job, he did not ask God for, for permission. So if you think that the devil is afflicting, he's doing the, there is a permission from God. And what gives him the legal ground to confront God, to ask, is when you begin to sin. Because Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren. So if you give him that legal ground to operate in your life by your, by your actions and by your words and your thoughts, he will operate. But if there is no room for that, because God is the one, is the author, ultimate commander, He is the one that is in charge. He's not the devil. So anything God does not permit, God could be using that man, Buari, as an instrument to shake up the church. Because of what truth be told, so many Christians have been sleeping for long. Do you understand? So it could be an it could be a move from God to what to put in there, so that Christians know that what they need to sit up. So God. Is always in charge, he's always in control. So do not look at your leaders and feel like who is this person? Ha uh-uh. this song come and say is a leader. No, it is actually wrong. And if you try to look down on any leader and leader feels bad about it, please, please, please don't judge that leader that is proud or whatever. Don't judge that leader, don't judge anybody. If people see, let me tell you something happened in my place of work. 
and I told the guy, see, I have every right to to feel how I feel. I have every right to react, you know, the way I want to every situation. You don't have control over my emotion. If you do something and I feel bad about it, you don't have to judge me and say, eh, and you are a Christian. No. You too. Why did you do that? I slap her bush. And she's like, ah, are you okay? What is wrong with you? Why do you slap me? And, I, and I'm not telling her, look at her, and you say you're a Christian. They slap you. You don't have to turn the other side, they're arguing. Me too, that slap her. I'm not a Christian. So that is where I'm coming from. So allow people guilt trip you unnecessarily. I made a post one time in my in my um on my WhatsApp. Don't allow people guilt trip you. There are some people these days that use scriptures to beguile people. They use scriptures to deceive people and they make people feel guilty unnecessarily. Please, thou shall not. I keep repeating it. Thou shall not confuse you know low self esteem with humility. Eh? Be, be, beguile. Beguile. Beguile is B E G U I L E. To deceive. That's the meaning. So, an encounter with God gives us the boldness in there towards taking active steps. Active what? Steps. There are certain things you want to do that is actually you will be, you'll be afraid. It is when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you'll be what? You will have that boldness. And these actions are actions towards what? Actions towards what? Who can tell me? Actions towards fulfilling destiny. Actions towards what? Fulfilling destiny. Please, everything you do, every move you make, always ask yourself, what the, how does this contribute to my destiny? Please. And if you don't know your destiny, you need to want to go to God. And I would, before the end of the day, you see how you can actually go to God to find out how you can obtain your destiny. Now, Paul the Apostle, you know the story of Paul. If you read the book of Acts of Apostles, chapter 9, you see there. He had an encounter with God. That encounter knocked him. The Bible says that he was knocked out of his horse as he was journeying. He was knocked off. And what was the result of that encounter? Who can tell me? What was the result of the encounter that Paul had with God? Paul was the one that wrote over half of the New Testament. We have 27 books of the Bible in the New Testament. Paul wrote 17 and 14 of them. So that is more than half. Just an encounter. Bere, see what came out of it. So you never can tell. Just if you just collude with the Holy Ghost, the kind of results your life will produce. Even men will marvel. Another man that had an encounter and the boldness come upon him to take steps was Moses. Moses encountered God at that burning bush. Do you understand? That was where he encountered God. We all know the story, right? And what was the, what was the result of that encounter? Who can tell me? God used him to deliver the Israelites from the land of Egypt. Do you understand? Peter, God filled the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. That was an encounter. What was the result? 3,000 souls were saved and they helped to found the church. 3,000 souls were saved. Now, the one, the co-called, the, the main meal, the main matter, Jesus Christ. Do you know how Jesus Christ still had an encounter? He had an encounter. Who can tell me where he had his own encounter? Jesus. With God. And I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so after clap for her. She's in the spirit. After his baptism, where the, the dove descended upon him, and a voice came from heaven. This is my beloved child, son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. It was an encounter he had. And what was the evidence? What was the evidence? After that, he went to the desert, went to the wilderness, 
where he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Do you think he's ordinary? Do you think he you is just you go and try it and just enter and this and go and fast for 40 and 40 nights? It's easy. It's easy. It's easy. Well, you know it's uh, uh, it is we don't have 40 days. It is bones, your your skeleton that will come and pick. It was the Holy Ghost. There are something that people that people see in the Bible and they think it's ordinary. For example, that exchange between David and Goliath, I do tell people that care to listen, see, if you want to try that today and God is not backing you up, before you pick that stone, you will have, you have died. That's just because there was no way that David was able going to defeat Goliath by his own wisdom or by his own craftiness. He took the Holy Ghost to move through him. The only thing that he did was that he submitted himself. That was just the only lesson I learned from David was submission to the will of God. That is just it. But it was not by his own making. So there are many things that are supernatural in the Bible. But what we really do, you just think it's ordinary. He entered the wilderness. He was he fasted for 40 and 14. Do you know in that wilderness, white animals were there too? So what preserved him all those why? It was because yeah, there, was, there have been an encounter first. So when there is an encounter, Bonus will come. Those things that look important, look difficult, you see yourself, you do them easily. Do you understand? And anything that comes after an encounter is usually building us towards what? Destiny. Towards what? Yes. So when you look at all these people I mentioned, Paul, Moses, Peter, and Jesus, you can see that they, there was something that is particular about all of them. Encounter with God. And this encounter led them towards to radical change. He brought about radical change in their intimacy with God and their impact on their generation. So, encounter brings about intimacy with God. Brings about what? Intimacy with God and impact on the life of men. So, but the, the closer you are to God, the closer you are to God, the world, the more impactful you are to the life of people. Because when you are closer to God, when there is a fellowship, when there is a relationship, no, we have done that with God. God will be giving you what? Divine secrets. He'll be opening your eyes to the problems of men. So when you come, when you, when, when you are with God, there is intimacy. When there is, where you are with men, there is what? Impact. Your life brings solutions to their what? To their problems. Do you understand? I don't know if you are getting it. So until there's an encounter, there will never be intimacy with God because you will not take God's self. In fact, truth be told, serving God, worshipping Him, even prayer is not an easy thing if you want to do it on the, by the flesh. The scripture said that what God is a spirit. Those that worship must worship in spirit. And some people don't understand that scripture. See, even to talk with human beings, sometimes you will get bored. Sometimes you will lose connection. Sometimes you feel like I don't want now talk of spirit. So talking with God, relating with God is not something that will be that is easy with this your body. Because you are two worlds apart. But if you what if you crucify the flesh, do you understand? It, and that begins with an encounter with him. Is that encounter that will help you subject your mortal body what, to his divine will and leading? That is when you can actually flow. So when you are with God, you can you can be in, in, in the so-called presence of God. Maybe you can be in the church and yet so 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 far away from him because there is no intimacy. It is intimacy that we what bring about connection whereby God can begin to release deposit into your life. So intimacy can only come out as an encounter. 
And then that intimacy will bring about impact in the life of people. Any man that is not intimate with God will never bring about, you know, divine impact on people's life. It's not possible. So when you see a, a, a man that will come to you, you know, you have, he prays for you, you are sick, and it, it because there's an, there's, there's an intimacy with God. That is why that can happen. You understand? It comes to you, you, are, you have problems, you share it with them, they give you counsel, divine, I mean wise counsel. It's because there's intimacy. Because if that was not, even as you are, before you came, God have said that my son, uh, I, I'm sending someone to you. This and this is the problem the person is coming with. This is what you should do. This is what you should do. That's because that's intimacy. But if you are far away, there will be no way that God can what, equip you to impart the life of people. So the question now is, how many of us want to impart lives? I know that. But do you know that when, but, 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 do you know that if you ask this question, everybody wants to raise their hand. But when you ask, how many of us want to be intimate with God? Some even when some that will raise their hand, when you now begin to explain what it means to be intimate with God, they put their hands down. But the truth is that if you want to make impact in the life of men and you are not hungry for that intimacy with God, that is when you will see people begin to run to different places to go and get power. Do you understand? You begin to do things to acquire money, to acquire fame and influence because of what they want to impart life. This just as we are, I was discussing as um, sister or Olami was asking questions we were discussing. Now, what she was saying, I understand where she was coming from. There are many people in this life that drive in life is what influence. They want to be known for something. Do you understand? As I'm here, if my motivation is that I just want to be seen, let them know me that I'm the best teacher in town. My approach, the way I will do it, do you understand, will be different from someone that is that has intimacy with God and is is sure that this thing I'm doing is the Holy Spirit that kept me here. He's walking by the feet of the flesh. But when you are motivated by impact, you, you, you don't want to make impact, you want to show off. Do you understand? Every opportunity you get will become an opportunity for you to want to oppress people. You just want to you just want to earn recognition of men. And your works might look good though, but at the end of the day, what will be your portion? Get behind me, workers of iniquity. So what you are doing might be good, but it's actually there. So if I am here, my motive is actually just to impart. But I'm not seeking intimacy with God. I am not seeking the pleasure and satisfaction of God. Then what I'm doing, even though it might look good to you, is actually dead work before God. So on the last day, when I stand before him in judgment, he'll be like, I don't know you. All the way you are doing, you are doing it for yourself. But if there is an intimacy with God, do you understand? It is a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. When you do any work, it will impart men and it will impart them positively. And you will not just impart men and be, by, and be bypassed. There are people that are imparting men, that are imparting life, but God has bypassed them. They are like signboards. They show people the way. Oh yeah, this is the way to heaven. People are going to heaven. You at the end of the day, you are showing the way you go to hellfire. Don't you know it happens? I mean, as we are seeing signposts, you know, showing all these things, this one is candles, this one is that, you know, we are seeing the, the signpost. Now, was the signpost moving? Was it going with you? At the end of the day, some of them, they would just end up one place, one place, one place like that. That's how some people are. They are just standing like signposts, showing people this is the way to heaven. Those people are going, entering in the kingdom of God, them, they are just where they are. And at the end of the day, they'll be cast away. So, you should be careful. Let your motivation be pure. Let your motivation be what? In everything you do, in everything you think about, in everything you say, in everything you do, make sure that your motivation is actually to bring what? 
pleasure to God, to bring to glad in the heart of God. Do you understand? When that is settled, impact and benefit to the life of men becomes settled. So let us not put the cats before the horse. Don't put the cow before the horse. And what does it mean to put the cow before the horse? To seek impact ahead of what intimacy. So some of some people will come to church and you'll be like, if you don't give them leadership position, they, they, they will leave the church. They don't want to stay. The only way they can stay is if, and they will tell what am I going there to do. They, if you do not tell them you are going to leave this, there is a problem. Thank you. So until you tell them that ah, you are going to lead this, this, and that is when you will see them in church. But they don't know that God can use that church, that fellowship, as an avenue to build them to develop them to a point whereby they can become more relevant in the life of others. So please, encounter brings about intimacy with God and impact on the life of men. So when you have an encounter, it's a two-way thing. Before God, Jesus Christ said, the Bible says that he grew in one favor before God and man. So, see, the result of your encounter when it's genuine the truth is that it must show before god and it must show before men say it it must show before and it's also show before yes now principles for encounter number one encounter is not a head-based level of knowledge and understanding it's not a head a head-based Head base of your head. Just head knowledge. Knowledge and it's not a head head base level of knowledge and understanding. But a moment in which you see God or shaking to the core. It's a moment you see God, a moment you experience God, a moment that you are shaking. Do you understand? When Paul had his own encounter, the Bible said he was afraid. People around him too, they are afraid. That's an encounter. It's not a head, but it's not that I know Bible, or I know this, I've read this one in a book. That's not an encounter. Encounter is raw. It's raw. Do you understand? Of course, you can have an encounter with God, and God will not instruct you, go and read this book. God will not instruct you, go and meet this person. Do you understand? But... There must still be that experience that ah, there was a time in my life God showed up. Encounter is not a head-based head, H-E-A-D, head-based level of knowledge and understanding. But a moment in which you see God or a shaking. As you are shaking, shaking, S-H-A-K-E-N, to the core. So when you have this experience, it brings about change as we have seen. Do you understand? Before now. Number two. You can position yourself to have an encounter. Encounter we know is of God. Depending on God. It can be unexpected. It can be sudden. But you can actually position yourself for that. There are several ways I wish you can position yourself for divine encounter. 
Number one is that you can ask. Bible says that we want to show when anyone that asks receives. So you can ask God for an encounter. You can just say, Father, please, I want to encounter you. I'll be hearing about you. Pastors have been talking. Evangelists have been say, talking. I've been reading books. I want you to show me yourself. I want to know you. You can actually ask for it. You can ask other people to pray for you. You can ask people to pray for you. Pray for me. I want to have an encounter with God. Just lead me in prayers. They can lead you. Those that those that can, you can do that. Those that you know that have encounters themselves. What can I mean? Someone that does not have encounters. Someone that does not know God. And say, pray for me. The person who pray for you will call you with one thing you don't know. Make sure that they can pray for you and declare words. Because sometimes the key to our um, encounters can actually be in the hand of the wicked one. I'm not going to do that for today. At least I'll talk about it. Now, be around other people who have had encounters and hear their stories to build your faith. That is why the church is important. People that have had encounters with God, people that have experienced God, people that have had testimony on Jesus, you sit with them, listen to their story. Let their stories inspire you. Let their stories build your faith. Don't just listen to people who will just record. Don't just listen to people who have um who does not have something divine to offer. Listen to people who has it, people that have divine content. And let their story do what? Inspire. Let the story build up and strengthen your faith. Then number four, learn to wait on God. To be in his presence and to expect him to meet you. Learn to wait on God. Wait. Wait on God. You can wait on God with your scriptures. In your quiet time, you sit down. You, I was telling you that sometimes even a word in the Bible, just one word in a fast, can actually have so many dimensions. So learn to wait on Him. Don't be in a hurry to leave the presence of God. Hallelujah. Then consider doing a long fast. This one is doing a long fast. Fasting and prayer is actually another way of having an encounter with God. But before you engage into fasting, very long fast, please, I beg us, make sure you are equipped, that you have the word of God in you, and that you carry other people, especially intercessors, I mean prayer leaders, genuine ones, so. Yes, it's a must. Yeah, fast. Let's say I mean a long fast. Let's say I want to go on three days, seven days, four hey, days. You, to, you, know, you know, you're not calling them. Just let them know. It's wise. I said something about our humility, submitting, submitting to authority. It's very, very wise for you to do that. Yes, to pray along with you. There are some things that you cannot see that they will see. Do you understand? There are some things you cannot see that they will see, and it's also good that you build yourself in the Word of God because. As you as you fast and pray, something is going to happen. If you are doing it, you are doing the shower. Your spirit your your flesh comes down and your face, spirit man comes up. Is it not true? And you start picking signals. So there are chances that and in the, in the, in the spiritual realm, everything is open. Both the good and the bad. So if you don't know the word of God, if you don't have that word of God in you, there are so many things you will see of the spirit and you will want you will think it's from God or you'll be confused. There are people that have engaged in certain kind of long fast and they came down with mental insanity. 
they came out with strange spirits. Do you understand? So please, 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 please. This one is very, very well, it's very, very important that you prepare. You do what? That's just the word. Prepare. What did I say? Don't just say because but still watch purpose. What I don't know what I kind of because just dance, just enter fast. What kind of fast? Give yourself one fast like that. Maybe it is one day, 30 days. What you I must ask, this God, I must encounter you. You're on your own, no. Prepare before you engage in such. Hallelujah. Do you have any questions? There are still other encounter um other principles of encounters, but I will I will stop here for today. So when I come the next time, I can okay, you can ask. Hallelujah. The Bible says something that by their foot you shall know them. And scriptures say that you should not judge, that you be not judged. Now, the first thing for you to know a genuine encounter, you yourself. Do you understand? We need to know the qualities of a genuine encounter. For, do you understand? Hallelujah. You need to know the qualities of genuine encounter. When people are manifesting, you need to know the genuine. And there is no way to know the genuine. Do you understand? Except by studying the word of God and having a spiritual gift called discernment of spirit. What I say? That discernment of spirit is to have to see to the supernatural. Because as I'm told, I have discernment of spirit, if it's here now, a person can look at me and, and be able to say, if it is the Holy Spirit that is working with me or another spirit, that is discernment of spirit. It is not suspicion, no. Do you understand? It's not suspicion that, ah, this guy, he's called, he's close, he's close combination. He's, he's dressed like people are coming from Marine Kingdom. No. Discernment, so that the Holy Spirit is showing you clearly. This person is under the influence of so, 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 and so spirit. So, the only way, my sister, that you can actually know someone that is genuine is one, it has to start with you yourself. Or you must have a person encounter yourself. Because when you have experienced it, you know the real one. That is one. And two, you must be deaf. There must be depth in the word of God. And this the of people is operating in you. It's not every time you see people, you should be anxious of whether they are having they have encounter or not. Do you understand? The only time you should be eager to know if people have encounter is if they maybe are working with them. If they are not, if not any business with them, for example, now I don't attend such I don't call anything. But let's say I don't attend such a church. What's my business with whether they are pastor there, they have encounter or not? Some people they be online, they be arguing. See, is not of God. See, show is of God. We don't know it's not of God. I don't have time for some because I'm not their leadership. If I should be their member, because I need to know the kind of person I'm submitting myself to. That is when I can begin to ask God. That God, this man, know how? As all of you are here now, you come, you are under my administration. Do you understand? If you begin to ask God, you should be asking God and God. This guy that is coming, who is he? Do you understand? What is, what is he made of? Is he, are you the one that is behind what he's doing? Such is when, do you understand? When you begin to ask such questions, 
That is why God by himself will now open your eyes. Do you understand? God himself now open your eyes. So it is not, you can only know someone's encounter if God refuses. Only God refuses. If God refuses, and God will lead you to you when it is important. So you don't just sit down and wake up and say, ah, maybe just call one name and say, God, I want to do that person. No. Discernment of spirits. Let the Holy Spirit be the one to open. Don't be in a haste to judge or condemn anyone. Do you understand? I don't know if I was under your question. Any other question? Any other question? All right. Um, a book is going to come to you. Do you understand? Please, I want you to fill the information. I need is the record of the Sunday school. I want to have a record of the Sunday school, like. Yes, so all the information, please fill it. I want to have the record. Then later we'll talk more on that. So please supply the information. If you are not on WhatsApp, on Telegram, but you have an, a mommy or daddy or auntie or whatever, please put their number. Very, very important. Okay? I think that will be all for today. 